you're about to enter the world of strawberry ice and the ice cave. Let's go. You know, league, the league rule was you're not really supposed really to take him out of that conversation. In that he started from absolute scratch. I would draft Aziz Ojolari or any, any uh, nobody's doing seven step drops in playing, right you know, now. Playing tackle for him, so right? It's almost 22 years old. Devonta Smith, same thing. You, you, you just can't. You, you can't do that. You can't do that. Thought that 2010 that he should be in the Hall of Fame, and they put him in after he is gone. Well, that's to fill the stadium. I, I, I remember you guys saying that. It's crazy. Well, I, I see that he's taken uh, the non. But overall, that that line wasn't better. No, um, I, you know they. Still... You know he's talking to the refs and, and saying, "Hey, I'm not going to get those calls." He's, he's coming. He, he, he's oh, yeah. coming. And he'd be in section 158 with me. So we're... these guys have learned basically since they've been in the major leagues. Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to the show. This is Sports with Strawberry Ice. I'm your host, the Iceman, Jeff Trenopole. And as always, I'm bringing you sports from a west side point of view right here in the great city of Cincinnati, Ohio, home of, you know, Jackpot Joey Burrow and Coach Paul Brown. Now, do me a favor. If you found the show, hit that like and subscribe button. Smash that thumbs up. I'm up to 1,309 subscribers. That is awesome. And if you guys are listening to it later on the podcast, Welcome to the show. You can download it on BeanPod, Apple, iTunes, po- uh, podcast, pretty much wherever you get your podcast. So if you can't watch it live, you can listen to it on the podcast. Now, I'm being brought to you live from the Ice Cave here in Cincinnati, Ohio. But the Ice Cave is sponsored by T Properties. T Properties, quality housing for quality people. Check out their website at www.tpropertiesllc.com for all your rental property management needs and your rental needs. So if you want to sponsor the Ice Show or sponsor the show, Hit me up on email or Twitter or Instagram or any of the other social media platforms that I on. Now, today, we are in on Facebook in Houday Nation. So if you guys are watching on Houday Nation, what's up, y'all? How you guys doing? Um, and if you're making comments, uh, make sure you either allow StreamYard to use your name or you just go to the YouTube channel and you can uh, subscribe there and you can comment there and your name will pop up. Same thing with Twitter. Make sure they let, allow you to put your if not, go to YouTube and subscribe to my show. Also in the YouTube channel, we have the Super Chat. So if you want to support what I'm doing, give me a Super Chat. I would greatly appreciate it. Now, I had to say this. I had all this stuff lined up what I was going to do, which I'm still going to do it. But then Blacklight Productions copied me on this thing, tweeted it out of this Bengals hype video i might play this thing twice but i've got to play this thing first because i hopefully I'll, I'll play it again when i get more viewers but i gotta play it right now because it's so freaking cool so check it out it's on my twitter timeline it's on their youtube channel i think blacklight productions is on youtube go check it out but listen to this thing this thing if this doesn't get you hyped up then nothing this might be the theme song for the Bengals season this year go ahead check this out Cause when the jungle come alive, who day we ignite in the stripes, 
and everything i'm i'm old i can't dance i don't care that gets me hyped up that is freaking awesome so shout out to black light production that's all i know i know somebody asked who the the artist was i don't know if you are watching this show and you can comment on facebook twitter youtube let me know that was badass i that i might listen to that before every game Whew, okay i have to calm down now <laughs> all right so let's get to What's going on with uh, the Bengals? They are going to play the football team uh, this Friday night. And, excuse me, Dan Horde and Marissa Cattapelli had the, um, let me make sure, make sure I get it right so they don't uh, hopefully copyright me, the Medical Mutual Training Camp Report. I got some clips from it. So uh, Dan asked Mixon, he said, uh, are you on a mission this year? You know, are you, are you, trying to make up for last year or whatever, but basically, are you on a mission? And this is what uh, Joe Mixon had to say. Very special guest in the middle of the screen at his Bengals running back, Joe Mixon. Joe, thanks for coming on. It seems to me that you are a man on a mission this season. Is that a good way to describe your mindset? And if so, what's the mission? Man, that's definitely what it is. Um, the mission is, you know, number one is ultimately, man, to go one and zero every week. That's uh, number one. Number two, just really to produce and be the best teammate that I could be. 
He is a man on a mission. That gets me excited because I think Mixon can have about 2,000 total yards from scrimmage this year. Now, uh, find out who the, the uh, person who did the video was. Uh, Grift, is it Grift Vader? I think that's what your name is. I hope I'm saying that right. Dude, that was badass. You need to make more stuff like that. And I thanks for allowing me to uh, play it on here. I really appreciate it, but that was really, really cool. All right, now let's get to... Back to what else uh, Mixon had to say earlier today. Um, and Marissa Contepelli asked him because uh, Mr. Bangle, Dave, Dave Lappin, was not available to do it today, I guess. So Marissa filled in for him. And she asked Joe his thoughts on first-year running back coach Justin Hill. You know, getting to know him and getting to work with him over the course of camp. Um, it's been great working with him. Um, I, to be honest, he stepped into a role where uh, it was a lot expected from him, and I feel like he's definitely exceeded every expectation asked of him. Uh, he's definitely a detailed guy, but one thing about him, he definitely makes things a lot more simple uh, than I've had in the past recently. So um, I appreciate everything that comes with Justin. Um, he lets He lets us be us, and he lets us just, you know, do whatever we need to do to get ready for whether it's the, the practice or the game and things like that. He tell us what we need to do, give us tips and things like that. Other than that, he sits back and just let us go play football. And um, like I said, I love everything about it. So he loves everything about it. Um, so we got a new running backs coach. We have a new slash old, old offensive line coach. And this is all to get the offensive line and the running game on track. And there has not been a bigger cheerleader hype man about Frank Pollock than Joe Mixon. So Dan asked Joe his thoughts about Frank Pollock. Speaking of assistant coaches, when Frank Pollock came back this year, you expressed excitement immediately on social media. Why? Um, honestly, because what Frank brings to the table, um, Frank, he has his own, he has his own persona to him. Um, I think that he's definitely an outspoken guy. He definitely ex expresses, um, the way he feel about running the football and also protecting the quarterback. And I love everything about him in that aspect. Um, he's definitely, a to me, a, a leader of the pack. And I think that, you know, of what he expects of his guys, um, it's like I feel like everybody should expect that out of their guys, you know, being a coach. And he brings the best out of them. And, you know, a guy like me that's the running back, I can't do nothing but appreciate him for that, you know, because he only upped my game, to be honest. And, again, that's uh, Joe Mixon's thoughts on Frank Pollock and Justin Hill and how – like I said, I think Joe Mixon is going to have 2,000 yards, 2,000 multi-purpose yards from scrimmage this year. And it's it's kind of cool. And I kind of want to get this narrative out there to get about get away from the national media that we didn't do anything for the offensive line. They're going to stink, yada, yada, yada. Because, by the way, I have to tell you guys this. And not everybody's on TikTok. I'm on TikTok. And I made a Jamar Chase video about when he caught the pass and Jonah Williams got there and destroyed – and I'm saying destroyed the Buccaneer def defender. And I said something, I can't remember exactly what I said. I said something, you know, 
Jamar Chase is AFC North. Jamar Chase is coming for you. You should be scared or something like that. And oh my goodness, this Brown fan just went off on me. <laughs> I started laughing. I was like, dude, I said, uh, you must be, um, you must be scared. Cause I mean, he's like, there's like five paragraphs of you guys aren't going to do that. You can't keep Joe Burrow upright. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, it's all the national narrative that we don't have an offense line. Now, yes, could the Bengals have done a little bit more? Yes, they could have done a little bit more. We could have went out and tried to spend a whole bunch of money and signed Joe Tootie or some of these other guys, but they didn't. But they did improve it, and I think Frank Pollock is helping that. And Joe Mixon thinks the offense line is improving as well. Working hard this offseason. They got a lot beefed up, and, um, you know, they got Frank to coach them, you know, be on their tails 24-7, make sure they're not slacking and slipping up. And, uh, you know, they appreciate it as well, but uh, I think – one play that I remember in um, the Tampa Bay game in the preseason was just last week. Um, the linemen, the, how they were firing off off the ball, you know, in a four-minute mode, uh, I thought they did a hell of a job. You know, coach was just dialing it up, day one training camp rules. And, you know, it was probably the second, third string line. I can't remember who was in, but them guys are firing off the ball and removing people and displacing them. and. Uh, the running backs was finding daylight, which and things like that, when you get them lanes and stuff like that, like we love it. We appreciate it and we try to do whatever we can to make the most of it. But like I said, they've been doing a hell of a job with uh, running the football and being physical. And I I love it. So, yes, again, I just want to get the, the out there that the offensive line has improved. Joe Mixon is extremely happy about the way they're playing. I'm happy with the way they're playing. I mean, like I said, if the baseline is Saturday night and they just go up from there, I think we're going to be in pretty good shape. Let me get to a quick question here in the chat. Uh, Knox Ashman. I think I say you say it. Quick question. Did our O-line coach, uh, is a for, quick question. Did our O-line coach a former Bengal? Which Bengal are you talking about? Um, he coached a lot of former Bengals because he was the offensive line coach before. So, yes, he did coach a former Bengal. But if you're talking about a Pacific one, I don't know for sure. Um, and Alex says, there are so many places for Burrow to spread the ball. It's hard to predict anybody's yardage, total yardage this year. I, yeah, I agree with you. But, you know, I just, dude, like everybody's, everybody's saying that all. All three of our guys are going to have a thousand y yards receiving. I don't really, I, you know, as long as we win, I don't care who gets what. <laughs> to be honest, I, I just want to win. But uh, let's get to some kind of sad news um, for a former Bengal. And like I retweeted, once a Bengal, always a Bengal. And it was reported earlier today that uh, Carl Lawson uh, suffered a Achilles injury. And saying if he tore it, he's out for the season. Now, this just came out right before I went on the air. Is that Rich Sim and Dan Horde, I think, retweeted this, uh, that Carl Lawson is out for the year. So that sucks for Carl Lawson. Um, and to me, and I'm not trying to dance on anybody's grave at all, but that's a thing that usually happens to the Bengals. So... Are the winds changing? You know, we uh, we're gonna have some uh, some good news for us th this year. I mean, but I, I really feel just terrible for for Carl Lawson. I, I don't, you know, that just that stinks. But let's uh, check this out. If you guys follow T Higgins, 
on Twitter. I need to get these. Like, if anybody could tell me what store they're at, I want them. I want the box. I want the bottles. I want all of it. Now, I'm going to drink the beer out of the bottles, but I'll put them back in the box. But I want this. This is so cool. It's a Bud Light Bengals tea box. It says, let's go tea. That is so freaking cool. So I would love to know where you can get these at. I tweeted out. I asked T where he can get it at. He hasn't answered me yet. I'm hoping he will soon. But I cannot wait to get those. Uh, let's see. Oh, here you go. You said, uh, Knox. I was going Knox. My bad. Is our former coach, Jim Turner. My bad. Our former coach, our former online coach, Jim Turner, played for the Bengals. Are you asking me if he played for him before? Ah. I don't think so. I don't remember if he did. Um, if he did, he wasn't very good. And he wasn't a very good offensive line coach. But as far as I know, he did not. So, yeah. And Jackpot Joey said he posted the same thing about the Bud Light bottles. And Josh says, I need someone to ship them. <laughs> ship those down to Florida. <laughs> uh, uh, there you go. That's my man. Yeah, you better get me one. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I want to find those. I, I, I want the... I said, I'm going to drink the beer, and then I want to put it uh, up here in the ice cave. Now, we have a very special birthday today from the greatest Bengal of all time, the greatest offensive lineman, left tackle, I think, in all of football. He's none other than Anthony Munoz. And I can't believe it's he retired in 1992. I can't believe it's been that long ago. But happy birthday to Anthony Munoz. Like I said, the greatest left tackle ever. So if you guys have not got a chance to tweet him out or message him on Facebook or anything, go ahead and hit that up because, you know, he's always worth it. All right, Jack. Uh, whoops, there you are. Let's see, Jack. It's too bad that the Bengals franchise as a whole only know how to lose. Let's go Ravens. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. That's funny. We'll, we'll, we'll see how much we lose this year, dude. <laughs> But, um, see, that's the comments I'm getting. I- I'm telling you, I mean, these ra- these rap birds and clown fans are scared. <laughs> I think it's awesome. Like, hey, it's all fun. I don't care. You- you're right. We haven't won in a while. You guys have won two Super Bowls. We won the two, lost them both. That's all right. But things are about to change. I got a feeling. Woo. Uh, still at work. Got my earbuds in. All right. I'll try not to talk too loud for you, Chris. I don't blow your. Well, your earbuds, out, your ears, eardrums out. <laughs> and yes, Josh, Anthony Munoz is the GOAT greatest Bengal ever. Exactly. All right, let me see here. I got a couple more things. Now, this, this is a cool thing. Now, I, I have called uh, the Bengals kind of like the Cincinnati Bayou Bengals because we've gotten so many LSU, former LSU players here. And this is kind of cool how the couple LSU alums Got together last night, or not last night, Saturday night after the uh, Bengals whooped the Buccaneers. So you got Burrow, Big Daddy Bayou, you got Uno. So they're all got their uh, LSU fingers up. So that's kind of cool. And I mean, LSU's no joke. They got they got a lot of good guys coming out of there, and a lot of them are on our team. And the thing, a lot of them, that championship team that LSU beat Clemson are on the Bengals. Those are good things to have. All right, let's see here. The natural. 
Oh, Jackpot Joey says the Rappers are worried this year. Yes, they are. And Natural says the Browns are overrated. I agree with you. And Knox says McPherson is our Tucker. I, yes, I'm telling you. I think that, and I've said this before, I think Evan McPherson is going to be a freaking weapon. As the Bangalorean calls him, the leg cannon. We get to the 50-yard line. We can score <laughs> on a pretty consistent basis. I don't know if we're going to kick every time from the 50 yard line, but I don't think we're going to be scared to do it because, dude, the first kick in preseason, he kicked over the freaking net. It's pretty good. Pretty daggone good. All right, Josh, what are your thoughts on Brandon Allen? My thoughts on Brandon Allen are he's a very good backup, and I was right and Jeremy was wrong. <laughs> or I said we didn't need to go get a veteran. We had Brandon Allen who performed very well last year after Joe Burrow got hurt. And I think he's performed even better, you know, having a full year in the system. So I I think we got a really good backup quarterback. Now I want him to just sit on the bench and, you know, take notes all year, but you know, all right, let's see Jack on your back. What's up? Uh, The only thing I'm afraid of is T Higgins becoming AJ green. Oh, he will. As a Ravens fan, I still get some PSTD. Peter, sorry. P. PTSD flashbacks from him scoring on us. Other than that, I'm fine. Hey, Jack, you you, uh, you might want to uh, watch out for Chase, too. And then, oh, yeah, we got Boyd, too. And, oh, yeah, we also got Mixon. Forgot about that. They're all, oh, oh, wait, we got Uzama, too. And Thaddeus. I, should I go on? We got a lot. So it's going to be a lot. I mean, put it this way. I'm not saying we're going to crush the rappers. I mean, honestly, I have a splitting with everybody in, in the division. I do. I, I I think it's a very tough division. I don't think we're going to roll over anybody. I think every win we get is going to be hard fought, especially in the AFC North. I think the AFC North is, if not the hardest division in football, is definitely up there. It's one of the hardest divisions in football. So it's going to be a lot of fun this year to watch the the, the Bengals play the cl- Clowns, the Ratbirds, and the Squealers. It'll be very, very fun. Josh, yeah. The Rock look like – oh, the Rook, sorry. The Rook look like he's going to be a stud stud kicker. Yeah. I, I, I Like I said, I've seen him a lot on the uh, practice field. And uh, what I'm hoping what they do with Cyber is – which I, I think it's going to be hard to do because everybody knows the Bengals are going to cut him. But it would be nice if we could trade him for a fifth-round pick or something and just get a, get a pick. But like I said, everybody knows that the Bengals are going to release him. So – Unless somebody gets very desperate, you know, which he's cyber's gonna be one of the last cut because I think the Bengals are going to try to trade him and just dangle him out there and see if we can get something for him. That would be really nice, but we'll see. Uh, let's see here, Jacob. I'm thinking Drew Sample will be a weapon this year. Ah, uh, he's gonna be a piece. I don't know about a weapon. Uh, I, I mean, I I think he. Last year, I think he was at his, he plateaued. I think maybe I'm wrong, but there's just, I don't think there's a lot more there. I think Uzama and, and Thaddeus have more upside. But hey, I could be wrong. You know, I, I any, any Bengal who gets better is fine with me. Josh says, I think Uzama will be more of the weapon than sample. I agree with you on that. And I got something else real quick here. I want to get up. I'll get back to the comments here in a second just to let everybody know. Um, Because, you know, we got the new stripes and everything. 
and the different uh, uniform combinations. Um, so this Friday night, it's going to be I, the white tops with the black pants. Uh, I think it's badass. I, I can't pick which one's my favorite. I really can't. There's so many that that I like the the combinations of. So that's that's the combination for this Saturday night, or excuse me, Friday night, not Saturday night, Friday night against the football team, which hopefully eventually they might change their name so we have you know something to call them instead of the football team. That would be good. Okay, let's see. Let's get back to the Ravens fan. Jack, Mixon will be pretty much non-existent when playing us, especially when he can't stay healthy. Okay. Again, with the state, can't stay healthy. Last year, just like Jonah Williams, if the Bengals were in a playoff run, Joe Mixon would have been back. So he, yes, he didn't come back, you know, for the second half of the season. He would have. It's not that big of an injury. Trust me. He's going to be fine. And he's going to torch you. <laughs> Jacob. Sample made some good strides last year while he got a chance. Yes, I agree. He, he did make some, some very good strides. Um, I just think um, I just think that he he with Uzama being there, I don't think he's going to get as much of a chance as he did last year. And maybe I'm wrong, but I but uh, Uzama was really clicking with Joe last year. And maybe I'm reading in too a little bit too much to it. I don't know, but the first week or two, that was like one of his favorite targets. So. Yes, Carl Lawson tears his Achilles. Yes, Jack, I said that at the beginning of the show. You should join the show at 5.30. I already said that. <laughs> but yes, unfortunately, Carl Lawson has tore his Achilles, and he is done for the year. That stinks for the Jets. But like I said, and I'm not trying to, and I said this before, Jack, I'm not trying to dance on anybody's grave. I'm not. But that's something that happens to the Bengals normally, and it's not. So far, knocking on wood, we'll see what happens. We're not through the preseason yet, but we haven't had any devastating injuries yet. Yes, we lost uh, identity, but that's it. Uh, let's see here. Josh, first time wearing the whites. Also the, also the ones we wore the most in 2021. Yeah. So, it, I mean, it'll be, they're going to change it up a lot, and they got a lot of different – um, combinations. I know somebody asked when I had uh, Sarah Parker on here if um, they uh, were going to do orange pants, and she said it's not in the works right now, but eventually they could. And I think that'd be kind of interesting to have the orange pants and some different color combinations there. Jack, I would give props to the Bengals. I I always have. Oh, Bengals have always had sick uniforms. I like them. I love them. I I, I think the helmet is the coolest helmet in. The National Football League. Uh, let's see. Natty. Uh, the O-line for the Bengals needs to play better, period. So are you saying they played bad last Saturday, Natty? Because they didn't give up any sacks. You know, I mean, yes, they need to play better. I, I agree. But you bagel better, period. It sounds like you, you think they played awful. I saw strides forward. I saw Jonah Williams doing one of the most athletic things I've seen a left tackle do, kicking out there and getting out in front of Jamar Chase and getting that block. I saw Michael Jordan play a lot better than he played at all last year. I saw uh, Deontay Smith play really well. You know, Jackson Carmen 
flashed a little, not, not, not a ton, but I saw more improvements than I saw deficits. And that's where I said, I'm like, this is the baseline. If Saturday night's the baseline and that's where their lowest point is and they just get better from there, which is what should happen when you know you start the season, I think we're going to have a, a halfway decent offensive line. Uh, yep. I, I, Josh, I agree with you. Orange pants would be fire. And Facebook user, you'll be in section 122. Awesome. I'll be in section 158 every single game. So if you were watching it on Facebook, uh, do me a favor. Let's uh, StreamYard uh, use your name so you can have it pop up, or just go to my YouTube channel, Sports of Strawberry Ice, and um, subscribe, and your name will pop up and you comment there. Do I? I think I have. I have something else before I get to the Reds. No, that is all I have right now. All right. Because I do have a segment that I recorded with uh, the guy. Well, it's supposed to have been two guys from uh, the Cincinnati Red Leg Report. Now, they are a radio station, and they also do the internet show uh, live every Saturday from 9 to 10 a.m. Central Time. So it's 10 to 11 on here on ESPN on 1027. ESPN Bowling Green. You can find it. And that's how I found it on ESPN Radio 1027.com. So I will be having them on here in a little bit. And we recorded that last night. Uh, it was supposed to be two of them. Uh, Todd wasn't able to, to join us. His co-host Jason will explain that when I get to the video here. But you guys are blowing the chat up. So let me I try to get to all of your comments here. Uh, the natural mix will have a big year. I agree. Stewart, yeah, I don't have to fuss with the Bengals O-line against the Bucks defense. No worries. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like the Buccaneers defense was legit. I mean, they they they're a legit front. And I know we the the starters were only out there for one, maybe two series of the offensive line, but they didn't touch Brandon Allen, you know. So that's where I'm and like I said, I'm not trying to get too overhyped about it, but it's a good start. Chris, with Smith not playing tomorrow, it's time for Carmen to show out. I don't – now, did did uh, Zach come out and say he's definitely not playing tomorrow? Because I did not hear that. I heard yesterday Zach said that it's up in the air if uh, Smith will play or not. But I do agree with you. Carmen, it would be nice if Carmen would uh, step up and make some plays. Uh, let's see here. Da, 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 da. Oh, at, oh, you're at FedEx. Oh, I got you. What's your name? <laughs> Facebook user, you're going to the uh, game tomorrow night. That's awesome. You should definitely tweet me out some pictures from your seats and everything. Um, that's cool. But like I said, let StreamYard have access to your name or just go to my YouTube channel and subscribe there and comment. But that's awesome. You're going to the game tomorrow. I, I wish I was, but I'm actually tomorrow night. Not tomorrow night. I keep saying tomorrow night. Saturday night, we'll be down at Kitty Sports Bar for the Orange Arrows Fantasy League Draft. So if you guys are anywhere around 5th Street, around, let me bring this up here real quick. Where, where is that at? Uh, da, 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 here. Yeah, there it is. Uh, yep, second annual charity event uh, at Kitty Sports Bar, Saturday night, uh, 4 p.m. So until whenever. So if you guys are anywhere around there, so that's what I'll be doing Saturday night. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I got the Bengals game. Friday night, fantasy draft on Sunday. It's going to be a lot of fun. Okay, let's see here. 
Uh, all right. Stewart says, Smith's not playing. Breaks my heart. No Smith, no Osai. Yeah, I don't know. I know Osai's not playing. I don't know Smith. Smith is not playing. I don't know that. Zach said that he, that was up in the air, depending on how he was recovering from the dehydration. And if he's not feeling well at all, I wouldn't play him. Just, you know, let him have the night off. Uh, Natty says, we will see how the O-line holds up week one against the Vikings. Yep. I mean, we're really not going to know. You know, that's going to be the big test. You, I agree with you on that. So, I mean, it's, there's still, Stuart said, yeah, there's still a lot of unknowns. But the thing is, guys, what I like is there's only one position on that offensive line that is up for grabs. Spain is the other guard. And I always forget left to right, so I just say guard. Spain's at guard, and I think it's going to be Michael Jordan uh, starting game one. But it's still up in the air. It's still, you know, they're still fighting for it. And that's the only thing that, where the job is up for grabs. You know, I mean, Spain or Hopkins is going to be your starting center. I think game one, it sounds like it. Um, so it's not like Billy, Billy Price played well. It's not like Billy Price is going to take uh, Spain's, excuse me, uh, Hopkins job. So I, I am optimistic as I am a lot on the show about the offensive line. And I think, it's going to be better than people think it is. Now, let's get to the interview I did last night. And stay afterwards after the interview because I will play the Blacklight production of the Stripes hype video for the Bengals again. If you didn't see it at the beginning of the show, it's awesome. I'm going to play it again. But here is my interview last night with – I got to make sure I get their names right because, you know, I did that with uh, Josh Hubberson. especially Todd Smith, but Todd wasn't able to – to join the show, but here's that interview. All right, guys, got a very special episode today. Um, I'm doing it from a different camera because I just got off the air and my other camera decided not to work, but I have a very special guest that I found these guys on Twitter, uh, and they are from Bowling Green, Kentucky. They do the Reds Red Legs Radio Report. I suggest you guys follow them on Twitter. They do a show each and every Saturday. Um, but here I only got one of them because the other one's out chasing his dogs. But uh, Jason gonna give you some more on that. But uh, welcome to the show, Jason. How you doing? Hey, thanks, Jeff. Do I call you Ice Man? I call you Strawberry Ice. I call you Jeff. What do I, what do I call you, buddy? Just don't call me late for dinner. You can call me whatever you want. I, I'll go with Jeff. I'll go with Ice Man. It, it, it does not matter to me. Okay. So just tell tell the people that if they don't know you, tell them about your show and your partner, and and yeah, just tell the story about why he's not here. Yeah, um, I'll get into that a little bit later because, like everything on our show, it's got a funny backstory to it. So, <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah, uh, like you said, I'm Jason Harbison, and my buddy Todd Smith and I have been doing a uh, really a local, although it's it, it goes out over the web um, on the interwebs, as we like to joke, um, out on uh, 102.7 FM in Bowling Green, Kentucky. And if you're familiar with uh, Bowling Green, Kentucky, we're about an hour north of Nashville off I-65, and we're the home of Western Kentucky University as well as the only place in America where they make Corvettes. So There that's you go. Fun. Oh, yeah, the Corvette. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, they, so they, had a, they had a sinkhole uh, hit that Corvette Museum a couple years ago. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, we made national news on that, and uh, but uh, here I am already derailing your show. Yeah, like, I know. Like, like I do our <laughs> show, Corvettes but, now. <laughs> but, yeah, so the it was funny. The, the local minor league team, which is the Bowling Green Hot Rods, uh, you know how like a lot of minor league teams will like maybe rebrand themselves for a weekend and they'll maybe be something they'll they'll make their 
I guess their logos on their hats and, right. and their jerseys. They actually were the Bowling Green sinkholes for like a whole weekend a couple years ago. Sold out the stadium. It's um, they're about the same size as like the, say the Dayton Dragons. They they were in the division with the Dayton Dragons for for many years. But yeah, the Bowling Green sinkholes. They had a, those, um, and I believe like some of the jerseys they sold out of. So that was a real hot ticket item right. here in the well, Bowling Green area. Well, here across the river in uh, Florence, Kentucky, we have an independent baseball team, and they switched their name to the Florence Y'alls yes, now. Yeah, I'm familiar with them, yeah. yeah because the big water tower there in Florence says, welcome, y'all. So they're the Florence Y'alls. <laughs> yeah, but to answer the question that you asked me 20 minutes ago, because I got derailed, um, <laughs> we, we do just a, a – I, I always say it's like a goofy little show in um, on ESPN 102.7 FM there in Bowling Green. And we've been doing it. This is our 10th year that we've been doing it. And we're the, the farthest south and farthest west, west, if I could talk, affiliate for the Cincinnati Reds. And uh, just through, I, I want to say a little bit of dumb luck and just the fact that uh, I was telling Jeff off air that we don't usually get too hung up on a lot of stats. We like to talk more about like what sweatbands that uh, Brandon Phillips wore or <laughs> those kind of things. And uh, the, the, the Reds front office just kind of, uh, this is going to sound like a very humble brag thing because it really is. They have invited us year in, year out to Reds Fest. Of course, didn't have it this past year and not having it again this upcoming year because of uh, COVID situation. But they've had us on the stage for the past eight or nine years, just bringing us one Reds guest after another, whether it's a former uh, former Reds alumni, um, broadcasters. So we've made some like really good friendships over the years uh, with a lot of players and ex-players. And every week we always have a different Reds guest, which I'm still amazed week after week, the kind of people that will spend time with us um, to, to come on the show. And I, I, for as much as I'd like to take credit for the show, a lot of it is just because we get a lot of great Reds guests. And I, I will, as much as I love talking to the new guys, I would rather talk to some of the old alumni guys on there um, and it never ceases to amaze me just what they say and just how baseball has changed and how they're seeing baseball today. It's, it's just amazing. Um, I, I go on and on about some of those. Uh, absolutely. You, you guys had, I think the last two episodes I listened to, you had uh, Sam the Cure on there and uh, you had Mr. Perfect Tom Browning on there. So, yeah. I mean, I, I was geeked out when I got Chris Welch on there. So <laughs> I, I, I that's the only red I've been able to get on here. I, I'm working on trying to get some other guys, but I know you can't see it because I don't have, my camera, the camera's not working, but I'm wearing my old school uh, Chris Sabo uh, jersey. That was my uh, nice, my favorite player player growing up. So that that's a guy I would I would love to get him on the show. So uh, normally it's you and your partner Todd, and he mm -hmm. had some some interesting stuff happen to him today. <laughs> yeah, so um, this is one of those like rip from the headlines kind of things. But um, so we have we're having some storms going on here in uh, Bowling Green, Kentucky. So if the power goes out all of a sudden in this interview it's nothing personal it'll be, uh, be short-lived <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly so um without getting into too deep of details with with todd's personal life really, he lives on a farm if you ever heard our show he he, he talks about how he, he lives out in the, in the country and we've had storms had a tree fall and he called me frantically and i knew i was telling you off air jeff that that anytime todd two guys we just text you know right, if right. something's really wrong he, he's gonna call Right. And I've gotten maybe in the 22 years that I've known Todd, well, well outside of the radio show, I've gotten maybe like three calls from him. So I knew something was up. And he said that the tree fell on his property. And then it also, I don't know if this was in concert with that or not, but he had like a gate that, fly, that, that flew open and his dogs got loose. So oh, he's no. out chasing around. So if you're a dog lover, 
um, as, as I am, and I'm, I'm sure you are too, uh -huh. that uh, they're like family members. So I said, hey, I think I can handle handle this uh, interview tonight. And he, he, he sends his, his deepest apologies. So hopefully in the future, maybe if, if I don't screw things up, you can have him on sometime. Absolutely. Absolutely. No problem. I, mean, I totally understand the, the dog thing. I mean, at my house, I have, well, I used to have, it's, well, it's still on the ground. I have one of those invisible fence and somehow it got broke. And every once in a while, we still have to put our dog buddy, I call him buddy who day um, on a chain, which I hate doing, but sometimes I'll sit out there and, and, and he'll be out there hanging out with me in, in the yard or whatever. And if I don't pay attention to him, he's up the street. I'm like, oh, yeah. man. And as soon as, like, it's funny. If he hears my wife or my daughter yell for him, he doesn't come back. If he hears me, buddy, he's whooping. He bolts back. I'm like, get in here. You're, oh, I love you. I'm so mad at you. You're not supposed to do that. Stay in my yard. So, yeah, I totally understand uh, going after the dogs. But uh, let's get into some Reds talk about uh, what's going on with the Reds and their season right now. Unfortunately, they lost to the Scrubs, and i that's what I refer to the Cubs. I call them the Scrubs. I have the Scrubs. I have the the Boozers, <laughs> excuse me, and I have the Tweety Bird. So I don't really try to call <laughs> anybody from the NL Central by their by their real name. But the uh, Scrubs, they they beat the Reds today seven to one for their second loss. Not looking too good right now for the Reds. No, it it really isn't. Uh, I we said on the show last week that I I felt when they played the Pirates almost two weeks ago now that it was almost fool's gold because everybody was getting all, you know, excited. And of course, I, I don't know how much of it was the, the offense was clicking on all cylinders or the fact that the pirates were just that bad. So I think it was probably a combination of both, but um, I mean, seeing what, what we, we saw, I guess, against the Cubs, they should have easily swept them as well. Um, of course, that first game, uh, I believe it was Monday night that they, I mean, they were just playing the same way that they had played the pirates before they literally then, had an inning, a half inning that lasted a half an hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that was I, I believe that was the game that was that the game that Joey Votto got his two thousand yes, uh, hit yes. in, and also his two thousand and one yep. hit in the same inning. And they said, same inning. yeah." Then Henry came in and gave up five runs. Luckily, we scored eight. <laughs> yeah, and, and that yeah, that's another thing too. That we've talked about on our show too a lot that uh, the bullpen woes, and um, you mentioned Sam Lecure, and I'll I'll, I'll go back and, and kind of touch on that a little bit, but yeah we were kind of asking him and prodding him because of course, as, as a, as a Reds affiliate, we can't really say, man, this bullpen sucks. Doesn't it Sam? <laughs> right. What you think, you know, we know you work for the Reds and we sort of kind of work for the Reds as well. So he's not really going to say much, but he did kind of go out on a limb a little bit and say, yeah, there've been a lot of speed bumps. Those guys uh, wear it on their sleeve a little bit, you know? So, I mean, they, they feel it as well. I mean, for every tweet that, they see or complaint. I mean, the, oh, yeah. they hear it's, it's, it's weighing heavy on them. Absolutely. I mean, that, and that's what I've kind of said on my show. And I mean, I've been hard on I'm mostly Bob Castellini. I mean, cause I, I put this at his feet. I mean, because he didn't spend any money on the bullpen. He actually took away from it. So, and people who watch my show have heard me go on about this all summer and how frustrated I am with it because this team has everything else. Yeah. I, I really do. If we had a, a serviceable bullpen, or if we had a lights out bullpen like we did back in you know 1990 with the Nasty Boys, we could win this whole thing, I think. But unfortunately, and I am a as most optimistic optimistic person as there is out there, but in my heart of hearts, I just don't see us making. We're not going to win the division. We're nine games out right now. I don't see yeah. us even making the wild card. And even if we do, we're most likely to play a one game playoff game against the Dodgers. Right. They're pretty good. So. I'll, I'll, I'm, I'll, I'm all for it. I'll sign up for it. I'll, I'll, I'd like to see it happen, but I just, I don't, I don't know if it's going to happen this year for them or not. 
Well, yeah, I'm, re- I'm really the same way with it because, you know, I, growing up in Ohio, I'm a, a Reds fan first and, and a broadcaster second. So, I, I mean, you're always going to have that kind of Homer vibe for you that I'm sure that I, I know you probably wrestle with as well, Jeff. But, yeah, I'm kind of the, I'm a, kind of in the same boat. And I'm, and I'm kind of glad that Todd's not here because I can steal some of his lines that he would normally say. But uh, he brought up a good point the other day that it's like, you know, had maybe they not waited that close to the trade deadline and maybe made a move for the bullpen – a little bit earlier in the season, they could have kind of gotten through this maybe a little bit better and not lost those games. Because I think the thing that's going to mount up on the Reds and maybe be the reason why they don't get a playoff spot, of course, probably the, the wild card spot now as it stands, is it's gonna they could look back on a handful of games, maybe, you know, a, a dozen games where had they, yeah, exactly. I mean, they could have gone, gone yeah. back and, and, you know, and not had a bullpen kind of blow this issue like a game that was in hand. They can look back on that and, and be like, hey, that, that could have catapulted us even closer either to the Brewers or right into like the, the first wild card spot. Who knows? Right, exactly. And that, that's that's just the, the frustrating thing to me. And I completely agree with you. And I've had gotten this argument with guys at work. And this one guy is like, well, they they couldn't have made the, the, the trade they made with the Yankees. They couldn't have made that you know earlier in the year. They would have had to give up a lot more. And mm-hmm. my thing I've been saying all year is, Sometimes you don't choose the season. Sometimes the season chooses you. And this year, baseball chose to let the Reds have a shot at winning the playoffs. And when we we're four games out at the All-Star break, to me, that was the time to go make a trade. If, if it cost you – I'm not saying go give up uh, 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 Lodolo or Hunter Green or somebody like that, but give up somebody. Could we have an excess of outfielders? have an excess of infielders? There's – they could have tried to put something together, I think, to at least get something to help this bullpen. And, and I kind of feel the same way once they made the trade for the guys they got now, which is great, but we were eight games out. And I'm like, yeah. is it too – and now the thing I came on my show, is it too late? You know, and and so it, it's it's just a, a frustrating year. And you, you talk about the games that they've blown. The one I that sticks out in my mind is the game out there in San Diego where Jonathan mm-hmm. India – and, and and Tyler Stevens hit the back to back home runs, I think, to 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 tie it up. And then the very next inning, the bullpen blew it right back to him. I, I was, I mean, and, and one, I think in that same series, was that the or maybe the same game? They had a six run lead, and the bullpen turned around and gave up six runs in the very next inning. Yeah, it was definitely out on the West Coast. I can't remember who uh, what team it was, but I, I know what you're talking about. And really, you could also pinpoint, I believe it was last week when Votto there was like. One out in the ninth, down two runs, uh, came back and tied the game up, and um, ended up losing it an extra. And it actually had the lead at the top of the eleventh. Ended up giving up. I believe it was Sims came in. Yeah, he was just soon off of the IL and and gave up a, like a two or three run home. I believe it was against Atlanta. I can't remember. I'm, I'm getting old, but it was last week, and um, that was one of those games that I think you can look back on. I mean, especially to to do it on the road against a. a another team that was fighting it, fighting it out for the top of the East division. That, that to me, I think those couple games like that are going to come back to haunt the Reds in the long run. If they, when they miss the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. Those are the games that you can't, you, you can't miss. It's just like the 99 team. I mean, if you win one more game in that last series versus the Milwaukee boozers, you're in the playoffs. We don't, we don't play yeah. the Mets in the one game playoffs. We don't face outlier mm-hmm. one game. That's all it took. Yeah. And you know, there's, I, I think there's been at least ten. I'm saying ten games, and I'm not even exaggerating. There might be more games where we had the lead, and this team has fought and clawed and scratched, and they don't give up. And that's why I absolutely love the team here. 
And it absolutely kills me for guys like Joey Votto and Jonathan India, who should be rookie of the year. And right. Nick Cassiatos and Jesse Winker and all these guys that they've tried so hard and they've come back off the mat for this season to unfortunately look like it's going to fall short. It's just frustrating for those guys. For, for yeah, me. It, it really is, too. And um, to kind of go back to what you were saying earlier, Jeff, too, about how um, we had Tom Browning on this weekend. See how I, I wedged that in there seamless? Yeah, yeah, yeah just hey. so seamless. So exactly. seamless. Perfect. Right? But he was saying that um, he talked to uh, Rick Stowe, of course, the clubhouse manager, and he said, if you ever – and I, this really hit home to me, and, and this is so true. He said, if you ever want to know about a true team outside of TV, outside of what you see just in the broadcast or what's going on in the box score, ask the clubhouse manager. He will tell you. And he was saying that he said that he hasn't seen a chemistry like this, just the looseness of the guys in the clubhouse. He hasn't seen this for many, many years. And he said there's something in the air – and it's just a chemistry, and he says he can't quite put his finger on it, but he says it's definitely different. Exactly. Now, now we we've kind of crushed him here, you know, about about how the season has gone. But looking to to the future, even if which I, I hope they re-sign him, even if they lose Nick Cassianos, the future is bright for the Reds. I mean, we got a lot of young guys on here. I, I mean, I just talked about Hunter Green and Lodolo that are in the Myers, and they could be in our starting rotation next year. You have Jose Barato who could be our sorry, shortstop next year. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff, and hopefully the Reds will, will make the necessary adjustments in the offseason to improve this bullpen. So it's not like the Reds are going away anytime soon, I don't think, because there's a lot of good young players and a young core that's coming back regardless. I mean, if they don't sign anybody, there's most of them that are coming back to for 2022. Yeah, that's so true. And, and really, I think as much as I don't want to say this, I, Gray's probably gone next year as well. Uh, and, and Castellanos, you know, with him having uh, Boris as his uh, yeah. uh, Scott, Bro- I always call him Brosos or, or something else that I, <laughs> right. you know, I screw up his name. But um, yeah, I, I think that th- both those guys are gone. But you mentioned Lodolo and, of course, uh, Hunter Green, those guys coming up out of the minors, red hot right now, other, other than Green got thrown out of the game last night. But, uh, you know, <laughs> right. <laughs> other than that. <laughs> yeah, he's. Um, I think that there's there's so much raw talent, which is something that the Reds haven't had for a long time, short of like one or two guys coming up through the minors where you can say, oh, yeah, this guy was our first round draft pick. You know, you can look back at, at Stevenson and some of those guys. Um, but there's such a good group of core guys coming up. And, you know, I mentioned the Bowling Green Hot Rods earlier. That's that's one thing that I'm, I'm super sad about that they used to be in the Dayton Dragons uh, division and they've kind of re- realigned them. So. The Reds affiliate, i.e. the Dane Dragons, don't come to town anymore where they, right. they used to come a lot. So, But the nice thing about it is that they, we're not that far from Nashville, as I mentioned, and they've got the um, Nashville Sounds down there, which are a AAA affiliate for the Brewers. What do you call them? The, 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 the Boozers. The Boozers, yeah. Yeah, the, the Sounds down, used to be the AAA affiliate for the Reds back in the day. Right. They um, Actually, at their old stadium, they had a bunch of old – here I am derailing the show again, sorry. They had <laughs> a bunch right. of old – a lot of the, that 90 team that you spoke yes. of came through Nashville. Mm-hmm. They did. Um, and they had a bunch of all of their their kind of their pictures down there. But anyway, we – I've gone down to to cover a couple of games because, of course, the Louisville Bats are in the same division now that the uh, Sounds are. So getting to see those guys come up. I haven't seen Lodolo yet. Of course, he just moved up not that long ago. But um, looking forward to seeing some of his stuff. But just Hunter Green is just, um, you know, his his stuff is amazing. And, and to be as young as he is and have that much control over his fastball, not just going out there and throwing 105-mile-an-hour stuff. I mean, I think that he's the the, the future is so bright for him. Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of people clamoring up here in Cincinnati to bring him up, like, since opening day. And I'm like, 
hold on. <laughs> I was yeah. like, I was like, he throws 105, right. but it's all straight. He's got to work yeah. on his secondary pitches. And I always, I don't want to happen to Hunter Green. What happened to, in my opinion, Homer Bailey. Homer Bailey. Yeah. Yeah, I he got, yeah. He got brought up, I think way too quick. And he never, in my mind, really got to the point where I thought he, yes, he did pitch two no hitters and back-to-back seasons, but he's never was the number one guy. He was never one that, that, you know, the side in, in, in the Cy Young award race or anything like that. And that's where I think the Hunter green can get to. We also had that with, with Aurora's Chapman. He threw 105 miles an hour. We needed a bullpen. He was, we wanted him to be a starter, so they made him a, a closer, and he never went back to being a starter. So that's two cases where we had guys that had a great arm, but the Reds had moved them up too fast, and that's what I don't want to happen to Hunter Green. And I think they're doing a, a, a pretty good job of holding back because, I mean, let's face it, he's coming back from uh, injury, and he didn't pitch last year. There, there was no minor league baseball, so he's mm-hmm. making a lot of progress with where, where he's at. Yeah, and really the, the way that guys – come up to the minor league system anymore there the way that it's changed especially with the draft being this year especially being down to like 20 rounds and of course last year i think it was even less than that because of you know really the covid shortened season so you're not going to see guys anymore like those 90s team guys that we talked about that may have been uh, chris sabo you know that some of those guys that you talked about they were in the minors for what seemed like forever right. i mean nowadays if you're in the minors for over four years then they're basically shipping you out um, there's very few times where you have those like crafty crash Davis type veterans that you see from like uh, the movie Bull Durham. Right. So um, I, I think that there's like a happy medium, like you're saying, Jeff, too, that I think that they don't want to rush him up there. And, and I'll be the I'll, I'll be the first one to say I know we're, we're talking about pitchers here, but I thought that Jonathan India coming up at the beginning of this season, especially with last year, it, he was at the alternate uh, site that was mm-hmm. basically just playing practice games all season. He, you know. I, I thought he wasn't ready yet. I'm glad I'm wrong. <laughs> oh, uh, dude, you're not the only one. All of us were wrong on him. I yeah. mean, uh, he I've talked about him on the show, and I'm glad you brought him up because I did want to get to which I, I think he should be the r- rookie of the year. But he went from a guy that really wasn't on the radar to make the team this year, and if he did, he might might be a bench guy, mm-hmm. to starting at second base, to being right now the candidate, I think, in first place to get the rookie of the year, to leading off, and he has solidified that leadoff spot. He's I mean, he's the best leadoff hitter I think we've had probably since Pete Rose. I mean, I don't, I can't think of another guy who who has led off and 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 it just changed the whole dynamic of that lineup with his ability to not only get on base but to hit home runs to start the game off. I mean, I mm-hmm. Jonathan India had, had a absolutely amazing year this year. Well, it's almost like uh, you mentioned too about like moving him to the leadoff spot. That it was almost like an awakening for him. I mean, he wasn't doing bad lower in the order, but it's almost like. He just like woke up and just I don't know just set the world on fire as soon as they as they found a spot for him in that lineup and he just took it and, and ran with it and you're right I can't think of anybody I mean I know Billy Hamilton was going to be the next greatest thing as the yeah. leadoff well, he, uh, he's he's another one he they brought him up too fast I, that's, I, so I mean that's where I think he he needs I mean that kid if he just hits the ball on the ground he's going to get a hit almost every time yeah <laughs> so, so but yeah I, I, the future is bright I'm not trying to be uh, uh, Debbie Downer on the Reds. The future is bright for this organization. And even if they do, like you said, you think Sonny Gray might be gone. Even if they do sign him, we, like I said, we have Little Dolo and Hunter Green in the wings. I'm hoping if they do trade him, that they get some relief pitchers. And I would like a, a stocked bullpen this year. That mm-hmm. would be nice. And I know we had a lot of injuries in the bullpen this year. We lost uh, TJ Anton back in May and we lost Lucas Simpson. And at that time, 
they were the only two we really could count on. Mm-hmm. And I haven't even brought up Garrett yet. I mean, he has been such an enigma this year. Mm-hmm. I cannot put my finger on what is wrong with him. Because sometimes he'll come out and he looks like the whole the old Garrett. And then two days later, he can't get anybody. He could get you or me out. Yeah, I mean, Garrett, you're exactly right. I think Enigma is a great name for for Garrett because he's almost like the Adam Dunn of, of pitching. It's either, you know, home run or you strike out kind of thing. Um, but I'm not sure what's really going on with, with, with that whole kind of thing, you know, the whole AG thing and um, kind of like the alternate personality. And I, I'm sure I could probably uh, go down like a really weird road, uh, road here on, on your show with that. But um, but you're exactly right though on on the bullpen and I'll tell you one thing that really surprised me, surprised me you mentioned like the the injuries that they had the the one guy I thought for like a little bit of an interim there that was kind of holding it together albeit that's I'm, I'm using air quotes the together um, was was Hembry I thought and then for them to DFA him this week I thought was you know granted he had some really bad outings here recently but. I thought that he was a guy that was kind of holding it what little bit of a bullpen together when those guys were injured. He was, I mean, there was a time there where people were saying in the broadcast and even myself on, on our show, it's like, Hey, this guy should be the closer. Well, right. we found out once that, you know, they signed some of those other guys here at the trade deadline that that wasn't really the case DFA him this week. So maybe that's a, a sign of things to come. Maybe the reds are going to be like, Hey, listen, we can bring some guys up here. We got guys now granted it's going to be, different when it comes time to expand the rosters we don't get to expand i say we like i work for the reds but uh the the rosters aren't going to be expanded to all of those players that they normally have they're only going to get to have about two or three guys i i forget what the exact number is when the um, rosters expand in september so i think that's going to be really interesting to kind of see down the stretch yeah exactly i mean and Heath henry he was our closer for a good couple weeks and i kept saying i'm like i like him coming in but it wasn't like I'm like, oh, okay, Hembry's coming in. You know, he still was walking that line, you know, mm-hmm. of 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 success and failure. And I, uh, Jeff Brantley, I brought brought up a really good point the other day. Actually, it was last night that uh, Hembry pitched, where you know how Hembry takes his time, and he does that little thing with the shoulders, and then calms down. Brantley said he got he has gotten even slower, and he says all that does is put the 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 batter at ease. And it puts your infielders to sleep. He said he thinks that had a lot to do with what Henry uh, faults were as far as not being success- as successful as he was earlier in the season. Yeah, and it goes back to one of his favorite, one of Brantley's favorite famous sayings. You know, the checkup from the neck up, right? Which I totally, I totally agree with. Um, all of those guys. I'm, I'm just basically pilfering what Brantley says all the time. But you know, I do too. <laughs> yeah, all those guys. You know, have were like the all stars of their local high school, or even you know one one of the two best players maybe in their college team. Uh, worked their way up through the minors. So I mean, they obviously have a right to be there. Uh, you and I never made the major. I don't know. Maybe you did. Nope. Okay. I yeah. No, I, I played high school baseball. That's as far as I got. <laughs> that's that's farther than I, I played as a fresh. I'm derailing your show too. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, the I played as like a freshman, but it wasn't even the school team. It was just a freshman, like you know, right. like a local, local thing. But no, really, I, I think what it is 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 just kind of the mental fortitude that some of those guys maybe don't have, mm-hmm. um, just because they've always had to. They've always been the guy on a team. Then all of a sudden, you get up to the majors where it's not a game of inches anymore. It's a game of you know centimeters. centimeters. I, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and that and that's and that that can make or break your season or really your career. Exactly. I mean, now let's get into as you you alluded to is uh, 
uh, Henry or or Garrett, excuse me, you said is is like the Adam Dunn mm-hmm. of pitching. Well, a guy who's reminding me a lot of Adam Dunn's career right now is A. Eugenio Suarez. And I remember when Adam Dunn first came up, and he said this on on the Sean Casey podcast, if you the mayor's office, if you ever listened to that, mm-hmm. where Adam Dunn, when he first came up, he was an on-base percentage guy. He didn't just I mean he hit the bombs, but he also hit, hit singles too. And then he went and did a, a swing change or something. They could he say he could never get it back. That's where Gino is to me. Mm-hmm. I, it almost feels like he's trying to hit every ball out of the ballpark. And that year, two years ago, where he hit 49 home runs, it might have been not been a good thing for him because he has not been able to be the same person since then. And I've said this on my show. I had uh, Lance McAllister on here, and he's uh, on 700 WLW here in Cincinnati, a local broadcaster. And I said to him, I said, this is back in the middle of the season. I said, this is not a slump. This is more of how Gino is now because he hit like this last year. Mm-hmm. And it's been like that all year. And that kind of brings me to, since we have India at second base and Barrett is probably be a shortstop next year. What do you do at third base? You have Gino and you have Moose. Obviously they would probably like to trade one of them, but I don't know if either one of them are tradable. I mean, you have Gino who is not hitting like he used to. Moose can't stay healthy. So I don't know what to do with third base. I think that's going to be an interesting thing that they try to figure out in the offseason. Yeah, and you're you're right. I mean, on Suarez has been given so much rope this season, and a lot of people were saying that, like, oh, well, last year, you know, it was such a short season anyway. He didn't really get his sea legs under him, so to speak. So uh, with it being this shortened 60-game season, but I think we're still kind of seeing a continuation of that. And he's probably going out there, at, I don't know if you can say trying too hard, um, but I mean, it's it's got to weigh on him heavy because he knows he can do it. His 2019 season was one of the best seasons that a Red has had in a long, long time. And especially if you see, but I, I can't imagine what it's like for him to see a bunch of these young guys, whether it's Stevenson, Indy, all those those names you mentioned, Winker, Castellanos, knowing that he can perform at that level, but he's not really, you can say good vibes only all you want, but I mean, he's not performing at the level that they are performing at. Right. And it's got to weigh on him, again, back to the checkup, to the neck up so heavy that I think deep down he's just like going out there and not really playing not really playing the game that he knows how to play and he's he's trying to hit those four run home runs when he's going up there to the plate you know yeah and I I love Gene I mean he's one of my favorite players and I hate seeing this but I'm a Reds fan and I want the best players out there and right now Moose should be out there but that just kind of I don't know what to do with him moving forward it's just gonna be very interesting it's gonna be a very interesting offseason you know well because we know they're going to get rid of some people, right? <laughs> unfortunately. Um, I'm hoping they add people to it this year because I would love Nick Cassian. I love that dude. I mm-hmm. I, I, I don't say that very much to, to another man, but I love Nick Cassianos. <laughs> that guy is awesome. And, and if there's any chance, I mean, he likes winning, but he's got Scott Boris as his agent, I and he's going to have him opt out. Maybe, maybe we'll get lucky and, and Nick will say, no, I'm going to opt in, but I would be – Surprise! I'm going to really miss him not being a red next year. Yeah, I think you're going to miss both his his glove and his bat. Um, I, I hate to say it too, but he's probably gone next year. As much as I don't want to see him go, um, I know they're going to have to take down some banners and stuff at the stadium, <laughs> or exactly. maybe take down some of the banners that they covered up. You know, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Recently, but um, yeah, I, I think if there's you know, somebody that can take his place. I, I don't know that anybody can take his place. The numbers. Well, you thought maybe the Punisher could, but he hasn't yeah. been hitting. He's never gotten back to where he was two years ago. Right. I mean, 
Yeah, and really, I think that, um, you know, I, I talk about both of the A's, Akiyama and Akino, and Akiyama, I don't think, has really hit his potential yet. I don't know if we're going to see it or not. Um, it's interesting. I've actually got a, a friend that I grew up with that um, growing up north of Dayton, there, there was like a Honda plant that I grew up near, and a lot of the, the Japanese engineers would come over. I'm derailing your show again. Uh, and <laughs> anyway, I, I've got a friend that I've kept in contact with that I went to high school with that was a big Akiyama fan over in Japan. And he's like, oh, this guy is the next Ichiro. He was great over here. I'll still keep in contact with him. And he keeps saying, oh, man, you got to take Naquin out. The reason, you know, Naquin's still in there. It's, it's just funny to kind of hear his perspective on this. And I'm like, I, you know, I tell him in a nice way because I'm friends with him. I'm like, man, I mean, he's been given every opportunity. Now, granted, last year, again, I know it was, it was kind of a struggle with the shortened season and just the, the change of scenery, the change of locate this side of the globe for yeah, him. countries, yeah. Yeah, that, that kind of – and, of course, unfortunately, what happened to his wife in the offseason right. with, uh, with all of that. So, uh, you know, I, I'd like to think that he's going to maybe come around, but I, I think maybe we've seen the what we're going to see out of him too. So who knows if he'll be on the trading block too. Yeah, that, that is unfortunate because I, I was – I'm a – big Shogo fan because I mean last year when they won the seven series at the end of the season to get into the playoffs, Shogo was a big part of that right and he showed what he could do and and he started off the season injured and David Bell uh when he got back wouldn't wouldn't play mostly because Nyquin was just killing the ball and here lately Nyquin has cooled off he started to keep back up again but Shogo got his opportunity and really didn't do much with it but he's a a hell of a, a defensive center fielder I give him that so that, there's going to be a lot of different things that are options and just what the Reds are going to do. But it's going to be an interesting offseason. Hopefully, we'll be talking about, a, uh, you know, coming off a playoff run. But I don't know. We'll see what happens. But, yeah. Jason, I appreciate you've been on for a half an hour. I <laughs> love your guys' show. Tell everybody again where they can follow you when you're on and all that good stuff. Oh, thanks so much. for ha- First off, thanks so much for, for having me on. And, and I, I do mean this when I, I said it on the show last week that when we were coming up, well, myself coming on now right. <laughs> without Todd, that um, I I don't just, we don't normally just come on anybody's show. And I'm like, I, I looked you up, you know, and I watched some of your show. And don't sell yourself short. You've been getting some big guesser. I mean, you know, you had uh, Dan Horde on the other day and stuff. So I, I've been watching. I'm not a, I'm not a Bengals fan at all, but uh, I, I know enough about them to, to get me in trouble and stuff. So <laughs> we, we appreciate you having us on. And, um, you know, keep up the good work because I know sometimes this is a thankless job. Uh, there's there's many times where Todd and I are like, I don't want to get up another Saturday morning to, to do this. So which is a great segue. We're on every Saturday morning throughout the season on uh, ESPN 102.7 in, in Bowling Green. And you can also hear us on uh, ESPN 1027. I'm, I screwed it up. ESPN. I only say it like 50 times a show. <laughs> it's ESPN radio 1027.com, which is streaming live. And then also all of our past shows, you can go on that same website and get, um, go back and, and listen. And like I said, every week we always have a former red, a current red or a broadcaster on, uh, you name it with the exception of Chris Sabo. We haven't had him on yet. We, uh, we you get Sabo on Cindy my way. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll do I've talked to him. I, like, I got the little. I got to show you this. My <laughs> other camera would would have. I see. I have a Chris oh, yeah. Sabo bobblehead. That's with my other camera was working. You can see it. I've got one back here as well. It, it's very deep and all. All of this is this is usually how uh, this is usually how we get paid to do a radio show. We get a, we get bobbleheads. Right. But uh, yeah, when I that I wouldn't say that he's like the white whale that I want to want to get yet. But I've, I've talked to him just in passing at like some of the Reds functions behind the scenes, but we haven't actually interviewed him. And I'm hoping now that he's the coach of the Akron uh, Zips, they come down and they play a lot of those teams from the Mac play the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers here in town. I'm right. hoping 
that uh, maybe he'll be in our backyard. Yeah, hey, like I said, if you ever get him, send him my way. Tell him about strawberry ice. <laughs> Will do. All right, J- Jason. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show, and make sure if you guys are don't know about these guys down there in Bowling Green, Kentucky, go check them out. They're a lot of fun to watch. And again, I appreciate you coming on, Jason. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. It would help if I turn my mic back on. <laughs> that was uh, Jason from uh, Red's Red Leg uh, Radio. Uh, they have a show every Saturday on 1027 uh, ESPN. It's You can find it on the internet. It's uh, Saturday mornings here at, in Cincinnati at 10 a.m. So make sure you guys check them out. Now, let's get to uh, some news here that happened with the Bengals right before the show started. And this is from James Rapine reporting from all Bengals that the Bengals have probably worked out free agent defensive in Noah Spain on Thursday. And that's according to Aaron Wilson of sports talk 790 of Houston. I don't know who that guy is, but he's a defensive end. I would like them to try to work out some offensive linemen and see what happens there. Now there's only like five people watching the show right now. <laughs> so I want to end the show. With actually, let me get to the Facebook groups and let me live stream. And I'm going to end the show with the Bengals hype stripe video, which was badass. And you guys, if you guys did not see it at the beginning of the show, you need to check it out. But I'd like to fa- thank all the Facebook groups that let me live stream. Um, right now, I'm on Who Day Nation, uh, usually uh, Who Day Nation, Bengals Nation, Bengals Who Day Nation, Cincinnati Bengals, the jungle, and then the Reds group at Cincinnati Reds, rounding third, heading for home, Bearcat Country. The Ohio State Bucknuts, the Ice Bar, and then you can follow me on all my social media platforms, all under Sports with Strawberry Ice. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Twitter handle is at Jeff A. Trenopole. I'm on TikTok. You can find me there at Iceman90. If you missed any of the show, please make sure you go back and watch it, or you can check it out on the podcast. I'll be downloading the sound later on tonight and putting it up on the podcast. You can find it pretty much anywhere. Bean Pod, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, like I said, pretty much wherever you get your podcast, it's blowing up. I'm getting lots and lots of downloads, lots and lots of listens on the podcast. The, the YouTube show is blowing up. This has been great, and I owe it to all you guys watching me. Uh, my YouTubers, my originals, I am at 1,309 subscribers. That is awesome. And as always, I appreciate every single one of you guys. Tomorrow, I will have the Orange Arrow on the show. And we will be talking about his fantasy league. And we're going to have some freaking fun Saturday night. And if you guys are not in the league, just come down and have fun with us at Kitty Sports Bar. We'll be down there at 4 o'clock, starting at 4 o'clock to whenever, doing a live draft. You can watch me draft and see how bad or awesome my team is going to be. I'm not sure exactly which one's going to happen. But other than that, as my boy. Jeremy Dimebag D's Nuts always says, remember one thing and one thing only. And that is, you don't live in Cleveland, you live in Cincinnati, so act like it. Who day? Stay tuned. If you're still watching and you didn't see the video, check it out. It's from Black Light Productions. It's called the Stripe Hype Video. It is awesome. And other than that, that's just sports, baby. 
See ya! Black and white, we build it.